This is Aging Matters Care and Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters Care and Comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with you. Good Saturday evening to you. And Nicole Cleggett joins us as well, representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. You are all the hats, Nicole. I mean, you've got you've got all the titles. I you've got you all what, the responsibilities. I'm trying to compete with our friends at UNC and Duke. Have extremely, <laughs> they have like a business card's worth of titles. So now I'm just going to keep adding on to mine. How does that sound? Slowly but surely you're getting that there. That makes me feel important. Yeah, well, well, you are important, and and we've got an important topic tonight. We're going to be talking a lot about home care, and yeah. I guess let's start with what is home care. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and uh, you know, in a prior life, I did work in the home care business some, so I know enough to be dangerous. And I'm so I'm super excited. We actually have a couple of guests here today that are going to be talking to us about what home care is, but also some really important topics about how people can age safely in the home without slips, trips, and falls, as well as um, really the importance of decreasing social isolation for older adults. And I think in both of those instances, private duty in-home care provides a very important role to make sure um, our older adults are aging safely and happily. So welcome, Ken. We have Ken Hilmuth here. He is the president and owner of Right at Home in Durham. North Carolina. Super excited to have him here. You've had this uh, business for several near years now, and I'm sorry we've never had you on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to be here. So thank you, Nicole. Yeah, yeah glad great. to have you here. So how long ago did you become the owner of Right at Home? Well, great. And thanks again, yeah. Nicole, for having uh, me here today. My name's Ken Helmuth. I'm the owner of uh, Right at Home in Durham and Chapel Hill. Um, it's been four and a half years. Has it? And I can't believe it's been that long. And I you're still have, married. I am. I, <laughs> and I only have one title, unlike you. No, I've, no, I've, you have two. It's president oh, and right, owner, right, so right, there's right, two right. there. <laughs> so I've accomplished something. You saying. have. Right. You have. Well, yeah. great. So um, so you own a private duty in-home care company. And for our listeners, you know, sometimes I think we get a little bit confused about kind of what we call what in this area. And, and home care is one of those terms that are it's frequently referred Referred to many different things. Sometimes people refer to it as anything that we provide in the home. So that could be anything from hospice care to palliative care to durable medical equipment to home health. But we're specifically talking about private duty in-home care. What exactly is that? That is a great question. And, and you're right. There's a lot of confusion yeah. a lot of times. Uh, you know, it's interesting, though. We do touch almost all aspects of what you said. Yeah. Um, but the biggest difference between what home care is and what home health provides is is the the level of uh, uh, skill per se mm-hmm. that, that's required or or it might be required by a physician mm-hmm. that needs to re, uh, provide a prescription mm-hmm. for home health right and that, that would include something like physical therapy or occupational therapy or where a registered nurse would be required whereas so in, that is not what you that do. is not what we do okay and we provide in-home support that's provided by a caregiver that might be a nurse aide one or, or even a home health aide that provides really anything from as simple as companionship, uh, transportation, uh, all the way to total care. In other words, helping with hygiene and, and uh, anything to keep that person safe in the home mm-hmm. and also keep their dignity 
and independence while they try to age in place. So I often like to think about home care like this, um, where home health is more uh, restorative. So Mm -hmm. we are trying to assist that person to make physical gains to get them to where they were at before. And typically, home health is paid for by Medicare, private insurances, whereas private duty in-home care is what we would consider more custodial. So this is more maintenance care. And while you might work hand-in-hand with a home health if a person's receiving that restorative care, this is really where you get into the the, the length of care. You know, with home health, somebody comes in, you know, physical therapist might come in for an hour or three times a week, and you might get a home health aid in for 30 minutes to give a bath or an hour to give a bath. But the private duty in home care is something that can be provided for a few hours a day to up to 24 hours a day, correct? That is correct. So, And we help support mm-hmm. what doesn't uh, get supported by, by the home health company. So you're right. It is, mm-hmm. it is maybe only an hour here, an hour there, but two or three times a week, whereas we can come in for periods of time mm-hmm. to help add that support that, a, that an older adult might need to, to remain um, at home and have the ability to remain independent at, at home. But sitting here as a myth buster, I'm going to tell everybody listening on the flip side of this, this is not something that Medicare pays for. And there's a lot of confusion about that. People get confused and they really think when they take mom home from the hospital, Medicare is going to pay for that private duty in-home care 24-7. And then much to their surprise, they have to figure a different way to pay for that. And so there are many different ways that home care can be paid for depending upon the agency you're working with. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? So yeah, there there are different uh, resources that can be utilized. Uh, first, a lot of a lot of the clients that we work with pay privately. So out right? of pocket, out of pocket, mm-hmm. it, they've saved their money. They've had the ability to put themselves in a position to do that sort or of. Or family members pool or money family together. Members, mm-hmm. you know, we have lots of clients that uh, that have five, six, seven children, mm-hmm. and they they get very involved in 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 the care for their their loved one. Uh, but there's also, you know, veterans benefits that can help uh, pay for this sort of thing. Long term care insurance. So this isn't Blue Cross Blue Shield. This is not Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> and I've it been on the phone with people <laughs> adamant that Blue Cross and Blue Shield is going to pay for this. Right. And this is not. You will find it very rare mm-hmm. that uh, a third party insurance uh, mm-hmm. payer would pay for something like this. Okay. Are there any other ways that this could potentially get paid for? Medicaid? And Medicaid will cover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to qualify for Medicaid, mm-hmm. uh, similar to like the a VA. veteran, like mm-hmm. a veteran's uh, uh, quali- qualifying for that kind of care. There's not a lot of other options outside of, uh, of, uh, of this. Now, or the, uh, the social service mm-hmm. uh, group will sometimes support some uh, in-home care, mm-hmm. as well as uh, potentially uh, some of the other um, nonprofit Uh, agencies Mm -hmm. across town. So one of the things that I often think about when I think about private duty in-home care is a lot of times I don't feel like you get the recognition you deserve by being really the eyes and ears for that family um, in that healthcare situation because these caregivers that are in the home for lengths of time, three, four, or five hours a day, up to 24 hours a day, you're often the ones that really see those very small changes that can lead to really big issues down the road. So I often think about the private duty home care company as, almost in a way the air traffic controller when you say you touch on many of those different aspects a lot of times that home care agency is sitting there in the home while home health is coming in while hospice is coming in while the durable medical equipment is coming they may even be the ones bringing the person to the doctor i mean do you often find that you know your caregivers are really the ones that have a pulse on what's going on with that individual 
Absolutely. And in fact, um, it's an extension of the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, so <clears throat> our caregivers in many cases uh, know more about what's going on mm-hmm. because they're spending more time with that loved one than, than even a family member. And so absolutely make a huge impact on, um, on, on, on clients that we work with that, uh, that, uh, that maybe have out of, out of town family members can't, can't do that sort of thing, but you're right. Uh, going to doctor's appointments, taking them out, uh, for social events mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, uh, is, is a big part of what we do. I think that's fabulous. Now I'm going to ask a, a question that we ask on every show. We make all of our guests uncomfortable with this question, but people often have no idea what this type of service costs. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about that and also what people need to consider when they're trying to choose an agency because the reality of it is cheapest isn't always best when you think about this is care you're looking for for your loved one. So there are sometimes some pitfalls if you're trying to look for the cheapest options too. Sure. And, and you're right. I mean, <laughs> you get what you pay for, huh? That's right. It's, uh, it's a little bit that way. I mean, and there are so many. I don't know if you knew this or not, but there are 300 agencies in the in the triangle mm-hmm. that provide Huge. that are licensed. Right, right, right. That are licensed in the triangle that provide. And there, there's this. some that run out of their trunks too. <laughs> that, that is right, <laughs> or wherever they yeah, might yeah, do that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so so it is important to consider really a lot of different aspects of it. But uh, I mean, you're going to find anywhere between twenty dollars an hour to mm-hmm. to even up to almost thirty dollars an hour. I've seen uh, so that range is is pretty pretty broad. But there are a lot of things to consider, you know, whether it's licensed agency, whether, you know, they're, they're employees mm-hmm. or, or they're a 1099 mm-hmm. employee, um, you know, what kind of training they provide to their, uh, to their, uh, to their uh, employees. And so there's a lot to consider. Um, it's a very deeply personal Sure thing is. That making that connection. I mean, this is, this is, we're sending strangers into people's homes. For so. sure. Yeah, it's a multifaceted decision that you have to make. And unfortunately, a lot of folks don't have a whole lot of time to uh, make that decision. We've got Ken Helmuth here in the studio. He is the president and owner of Right at Home in Home Care and Assistance. We'll continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Want to remind you that you can find more information about Transitions Life Care at Transitions Life Care. Org. We've got Ken Helmuth here in the studio. He is with Right at Home, in-home care and assistance. And, Nicole, we were just talking about uh, the the multifacets of uh, decision-making that, that goes into uh, getting in-home care and the cost, but – you know, I think a lot of things, a lot of times when people think of in-home care, it's it's the safety factor. Mm-hmm. That's huge for sure. And so, you know, a lot of older adults, I think, sometimes get placed into long-term communities a little bit before their time because the reality of it is, is maybe all that they need is assistance with a shower a couple times a week assistance with some of their clothing adjustments, uh, medication reminders. And some of these things, you know, if you, if you start adding them up, that really re- results in, if they're not doing them properly, um, a real safety hazard, either physically, mentally. Um, and, and then on top of that, you know, 
gosh, I, if I think about my home on a day-to-day basis with all the kids that I have inside of it, it's, it's, a, it's a wonder I don't fall down the stairs half the time. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a baseball cleat over here, and then there's a pile of dishes over there with some jelly that fell on the floor, and God only knows what's going on. And yeah, wow. So don't come in my house today. We just started school, and life's a little bit of a ruckus right now. But um, for older adults, you know, we get into the habits of doing certain things uh, throughout our entire lives. And then as we age, we just continue to do them. And we're not really thinking about the fact that our physical limit, there are physical limitations now. And things really start to creep up on us. So I would love some of your insight, Ken, on some of the things that folks need to look out for to decrease the risks of slips, trips, and falls. Because we all know a fall in the home is really the leading cause to an older adult going into the hospital and then really going Going down that slippery slope of ending up probably placed a little bit before their time. Uh, absolutely, Nicole, and, and uh, a great lead-in into an, a very important topic, uh, something that we deal with uh, from the beginning mm-hmm. of when we go into uh, a client's home mm-hmm. and assess the not situation. Only, not, not only them physically, yeah. but also their environment. Episodes yeah. of Hoarders Much? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that. I bet we have. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, no, that uh, absolutely. And, and not everybody's baseline uh, stays the same as they get a little bit. Right, old. right. No different than I used to be able to dunk a basketball. Can't they, do that there, anymore? There is no possibility no. of me oh, dunking a basketball. Come on. Well, they've got some time. special shoes with springs in them now. You might <laughs> I, be. <laughs> I could maybe off a trampoline try to jump, dunk a basketball at this time if I could even get the rim. But anyway, all that to say, you know, <clears throat> as uh, uh, Americans age, mm-hmm. about a third of them are going to have a fall every year mm-hmm. over, over age 65. I literally and, almost and, fell up the stairs <laughs> myself today, so I know. Right. And, 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 uh, and about uh, 70% of those falls that happen in the home happen in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so when you start introducing uh, water mm-hmm. and different things in, in a tight quarters area like mm-hmm. that, or if you're trying to get dressed in the in the in the restroom, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, you know, that increases the propensity for for a fall. I mean, there are so many different things. It's not the fall that really gets you; it's the complications that mm-hmm. come from or that. laying on the floor or afterwards. On, yeah, that's right, yeah. and or hitting your head and maybe being unconscious or whatever it is. So, a lot of what we do is assess that situation, try to put the the older adult in the best situation possible. Mm-hmm. So, if it is just for a couple of hours a week or for or, or a day. For, for a shower or to help them get dressed and ready for the day or whatever it is that helps maybe prop them up just a little bit so mm-hmm. that they can remain safe at home. That's what we try to do. That sounds great. So let's talk about some of those pitfalls. You know, you mentioned the bathroom as a, as a primary example. When you're going in the home, what are some of the things that your nurse is looking for when they're assessing the bathroom? And what are some quick fixes that folks listening to the show might want to consider today to help their loved one not fall? This, yeah. this evening, <laughs> yeah, and, and not everything involves uh, all these huge renovations, uh, uh, right? Like a twenty thousand dollar redo of but the bathroom. But I want one of those showers, sure those rain do. showers. Yeah, That'd yeah, be kind of nice. Yeah, my wife would like to redo every uh, <laughs> room in the house. But anyway, uh, some of those things that we look at are really just the the type of uh, of shower and mm-hmm. or bathtub, and is there a big step mm-hmm. uh, that they need to step over? Is there room in in there? Uh, are there grab bars? Are there can you get in there easily and, and maneuver and have a place to, to secure your, you know, the, uh, your, your safety as you're standing there? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, is there enough room around the toilet? Is mm-hmm. it raised, a raised toilet seat? Is there enough lighting? I mean, a lot of times if it's at nighttime and there's not a lot of lighting in mm-hmm. the room, you know, it's so much easier to, to misstep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are the kind of things that we look for. That's an easy fix. I mean, a, a new, 
nightlight or just mm-hmm. better lighting or a grab bar that doesn't cost you know thousands of dollars right that's not that's not that hard of a fix to make and or even a shower bench a shower bench instead of having to to uh to stand in the shower which is going to just uh, and where you can lose your balance a little bit uh, you know, that's an easy fix uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of the older adults that we work with. We try to put them in that better situation. Let's talk a minute about throw rugs now. I'm going to tell <laughs> you what my grandmother has. I don't know about you, Jason. If you have family members, they have throw rugs everywhere. I mean, it is just insane. Throw rugs on top of throw rugs. In well, some well but, but seriously, it got to the point when my mother-in-law... I thought, okay, now I know she's getting older because she has this rug, and she does not like cleaning the rug. So she puts bath mats on top of the rug <laughs> so that she then just has to throw the bat mat, bath mat in the washer, and I get it. But, I mean, I'm, I would trip up on those things. So, sure. I mean, I think throw rugs are a huge issue, correct? Yeah, they're usually – How do we get people over that? <laughs> I have not so, found the, the tricky so, statement on so that So it's yet. hard. <laughs> it is really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think, you know, if, uh, if there is a risk, Mm-hmm. And, and there are things, uh, whether there's clutter mm-hmm. or whether it's a, uh, a rug or if it maybe they can tape it down. I mean, depending on, you know, we might recommend sometimes mm-hmm. to tape down mm-hmm. the, the corners yep. so that it's, it's less apt to cause somebody to trip over it. But ultimately, uh, if there are lots of them mm-hmm. and there there's a difference in the elevation, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to fall. And we will try to, to recommend to take those up. It is a difficult conversation, I can promise you, well, every time. Well, there's so. even a more difficult conversation. We're probably going to get hate mail at the studio now. <laughs> so sorry about that, Jason, because I won't be here to collect it. I'm going to save it all up for you. Don't <laughs> <worry about it. laughs> but, you know, a huge tripping hazard that the people don't think about is Fido and Garfield. <laughs> and you're never going to convince people to get rid of Fido and Garfield. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, pets usually lay right there at your feet. And so, you know, from what I... And then, of course, you have a larger animal that's more um, hyper, I guess, because it's not being exercised because mom and dad can't exercise it as often. And they jump up on mom or dad. I mean, they can knock them over as well. So I do know that there are some, you know, home care agencies. I don't know if yours is one of them that kind of adds, you know, helping to take care of that pet as part of what they do. And people don't consider that sometimes. But it's going to be really hard to get mom or dad to give up the animal. But if you can provide some support and training to that animal that can be helpful as well. No, that's a good point. And uh, don't ever ask my wife and I to give up our dogs. So Oscar wouldn't like that. Um, uh, but no, you know, we run into that sort of thing mm-hmm. and, and we help support it the best way we can. Um, what does that mean? That means that, uh, that some of our, uh, our caregivers are allergic to either cats or dogs. So we, we would never put that one put, in there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we're there to help support mm-hmm. the, uh, the person the best way. So if that means helping them walk the dog or letting mm-hmm. the dog out or whatever it is, you know, we're going to try to do that the best we can. I will tell you one other thing that happens a lot is not just the dog uh, laying around. What else? But it's the, uh, if you are walking the dog, oh, the you've leash. got the leash. That's and a the big leash problem. can be yeah. dangerous. Oh, yeah. uh, really, because it can get caught around and, you know, if there's another animal around, oh, they, they get, get excited, excited and yep. they're jumping around. So uh, that, that kind of thing. Uh, can be really dangerous. So one quick other thing uh, that you think people should look out for um, to, to decrease tripping and slipping hazards in the home. If you could name one more thing, what would it be? Clutter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, and, not, and believe me, I, you know, um, 
in the home is everything you've ever accumulated. Well, everything right? too, because mobility so, decreases, so everything right. needs to be within reach in right. the mind of the older right. adult. And that's right. And so, but you know, it's hard to get rid of some of those things, and, and uh, you know, it's just maybe organizing it mm-hmm. a little bit differently, or getting some outside help to help organize yes. it if that person's feeling super attached. Yeah. We've got Ken Hellemuth here in the studio. He's president and owner of Right at Home In-Home Care and Assistance. Ken, how can people get a hold of you if they're uh, in need of some in-home care? Very good. Um, Easily. So we have a website. Uh, The best way is just to Google Right at Home of Durham, but it is www.rahdch.com. That stands for Right at Home Durham Chapel Hill. Again, it's www.rahdch.com. CH.com. And as you said earlier, you can just Google right at home, Durham, Chapel Hill, and that'll yeah. bring you up right right to the top of Google Absolutely. there. Well, Ken, thank you again so much for joining us again. He's Ken Helmuth with Right at Home in Home Care and Assistance. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're, uh, we want to thank Ken again for joining us. Ken Helmuth with Right at Home, in-home care and assistance. And now we're, we're switching gears here. We've got a new topic and a new guest. We sure do. So a pleasure to have us uh, with us today is uh, Kathy Uvegas, who is with Seniors Helping Seniors. And so quite an interesting title, first of all, with the um, name of the organization. And she's the agency owner, but also slightly different than the type of work that Ken does. So let's start off with the title. Am I to assume that this is an organization of seniors who help seniors? Yes, Nicole. So (laughs) that is what makes us uniquely different from other um, home care agencies out there is that we hire seniors, those um, active adults that are 50 years and older, okay. to be our caregivers and okay. our companions. And you won't find that um, elsewhere. That's, That's cool. Um, we find that that difference between someone young versus someone old, it brings those barriers down. Mm-hmm. Someone who is looking for care mm-hmm. for an older individual, mm-hmm. you have that unique concept of um, immediately having things in common, and it really puts those um, potential clients at ease. So is, it, uh, is this organization, is this your own built from the ground up, or is this a franchise? It's a franchise. It is. Okay. It is a franchise, yes. Okay. Um, it's uh, corporate headquarters are in Reading, Pennsylvania. Awesome. That's great. That's It's a very unique idea for sure. So another difference between your organization and the one we previously talked to is that you um, employ people who are companion caregivers. Talk to us a little bit about the difference between a companion caregiver versus a nursing assistant one level. So a companion is not licensed um, as a nurse aide one Mm -hmm. or two or a nurse. Mm -hmm. So they are individuals with background in family caregiving. Okay. And so that's what they bring to the table is they have experience with caring for their own loved ones. And they only do things that support a person to stay independent at home, such as meal preparation, transportation to appointments, mm-hmm. um, errands, just companionship, talking, playing a game, playing There's chess. There's no just in that. 
<laughs> That's really super important, actually. So I guess the difference between a companion caregiver versus a hands-on caregiver for those listening is really the fact that they can't put hands on. Correct. So they cannot assist with bathing, like literally assisting with the bath or helping a person get dressed or feeding a person. They can make a meal, but they can't actually feed them. Feed them that is example. correct. Is that really the difference yeah, there? And, and as far as the shower and um, dressing, mm-hmm. we can supervise. Okay. So with a lot of our clients, they can safely shower, mm-hmm. meaning they can bathe themselves, but mm-hmm. maybe they just need someone on a standby assistance to be in the home, right outside the door in case they were to fall. For safety. Hat. For safety. Mm-hmm. So we do things like that, but we just physically don't have the um, the skills. We haven't Right, to do right, the bathing, right. the feeding, the toileting, those ADLs that are required by a personal care agency that hires CNAs. So yes, that is that that's what sets us apart. And again, you know, as when we were talking to Ken, a lot of times these are the things that if they weren't in place would get a person literally placed. Correct. Sooner. Absolutely. For sure. And I know a lot of times too, you're sort of getting into the topic at hand today, um, that families are really concerned about is the fact and often make a loved one get placed as well maybe a little bit before the time that they might need it is the fact that they're living home alone and they've isolated themselves and maybe they've isolated themselves because they can't have transportation they don't drive anymore maybe they've isolated themselves because they're just physically not feeling as well to be able to get out and about maybe they've isolated themselves because they have a cognitive impairment and they have a recognition of that and they're just a little bit timid about doing something outside of their routine so i i think that this is a really interesting concept to have seniors who are helping seniors because that really builds an automatic relationship i think Yes, absolutely. And that is that is our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, our mission at Seniors Helping Seniors is to keep them independent at home, but also with dignity and making that good fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one of our number one screening tools when we go out to visit families is that it's a good fit for that person. Relationship, trust, confidence, mm-hmm. all of those go into play when you're looking for someone to come sit with your with your loved one. Mm-hmm. And that older adult just has those unique skill sets already. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you have a resistant person, mm-hmm. that makes them at ease. Sure, sure. I think another interesting component about what you're trying to do, it has to really do with retooling people as they get older as well. You know, um, retirement looks a lot different than it looked 20, 30 years ago. And, and a lot of times people, maybe they're not keeping their job in corporate America anymore. So they want to dial that back, but maybe they're just not done and they want to still give back in some way. And so it sounds like to me that this is a great way to retool older adults and to give them a job that would be very fulfilling. Yeah, and that's when we get people that um, call us looking for an opportunity to mm-hmm. work for the company. That is the number one reason w- that we get. Mm-hmm. They maybe are a volunteer for a civic organization or maybe mm-hmm. in their church, and they just are looking for a way. How do I give back? How do I fulfill my mm-hmm. my time and, and my heart mm-hmm. in my retirement and right. make a little bit of extra well, income? Right. There's a misconception yeah. that this is a volunteer position, and right. absolutely not. This is extra income for someone who might be just on Social Security. Right. And it gives them income. It gives them purpose mm-hmm. in, in their older years, mm-hmm. and it really – for the person that they're giving the the care to, they receive that as well. It's a give and receive. I mean, they tell me, I feel wonderful coming from seeing Anne mm-hmm. because she gave me a reason to get up today and mm-hmm. she gave me a reason to um, feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about that social isolation uh, with older adults. How do you work with older adults to make sure that you really help them get out of that zone? So when we go in and do the initial assessment, I mean, that's one of the questions that we look at is, how, how many hours a day are they alone? Mm-hmm. How are they situated for transportation? Because as you mentioned, that's mm-hmm. the number one reason mm-hmm. someone is socially isolated because they physically cannot get themselves out. Mm-hmm. And how often do they see their, their neighbors? How often do they go um, to see family or family comes to see them? Mm-hmm. And then we sort of set up recommendations for them. Do, do you, would you like to go to the senior center? We can um, set up visits to the senior center for them, taking them to the church activities. We do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at overall their health, because social isolation is detrimental to their health. Mm-hmm. So we look at what kind of chronic conditions they currently have. And mm-hmm. if social, social, social <laughs> <an> isolation, <laughs> it is, um, you know, plays into that. And can mm-hmm. we help some of those chronic conditions by getting them social interaction? For sure. And, you know, meals are a huge piece of social um, I don't, it's just a very social thing that we do in this society. And what we, they often find is that older adults eat better when they're with somebody else. And I think, you know, it's an interesting sort of paradigm shift that's occurred over the years. And I think even some of the long-term care communities have recognized this, that a lot of times, I mean, nobody likes to eat when somebody else isn't eating with them. It just feels really awkward and off. And so I think there's been some sort of policy shifts and regulation changes to help people understand that older adults eat better when other people are eating around them, not standing over them watching them eat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's correct. And so our caregivers, that's what they'll do mm-hmm. is, you know, they're going to prepare a meal together mm-hmm. as as best um, as they can, you know, even if it's they're just chopping the onion, mm-hmm. but the caregiver might be preparing the meal and then they sit down and have a meal together and they're having a nutritious meal mm-hmm. with a friend. Definitely. And that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it certainly does. And I think it goes back to it's just human nature. I mean, even with my two year old, if <laughs> I just sit there and hand him a plate, it's like, all right, what am I supposed to do with this? But if he's at daycare with the other kids, yep. you know, he'd scarf everything. Down. <laughs> Why can't you do that? Well, he's at home? got it before someone else grabs it off his plate. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's a race at that point. Well, we've got Kathy Uvegas here in the studio. She is with Seniors Helping Seniors, and we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.com. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, and our guest this evening is Kathy Uvegas. She's with Seniors Helping Seniors, and we're talking all about this interesting concept. And uh, one of the things that uh, I know, Nicole, we wanted to circle back on is this idea of social isolation. And uh, iso- uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you guys Isolation. Say isolation. There we are. It's a tough one. It's a tongue twister. It is. <laughs> I'm having trouble. It is. <laughs> we need a br- SI. How about we call it that? <laughs> SI. I like that a lot better. Not Sports Illustrated. No, no, Our no. grammar teachers would not be happy with us right now. No, no, no. They're, <laughs> they're shaking their heads at us right now. Well, let's let's dive back into this concept. Yeah, you know, I would really, if you, if you have some numbers available to us, Kathy, I would really love to put 
really a number on this issue because, you know, I think intuitively we all know, yeah, 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 older adults are in their homes alone. That's probably not so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, it does have a tremendous physical and emotional impact. Yes. So some studies have been done in the past um, probably five or six years, Mm -hmm. just because this concept has come to the forefront Mm -hmm. of people wanting to age in place. Right. So, you know, 20 years ago, people were placed in long-term care institutions, and that's just the way things went. Nowadays, people want to age in place. That's 96% of our baby boomers. That's their desire. So I think there's they've taken a closer look at what does that look like. And social isolation has come to the forefront of being one of those um, factors, just like obesity, like um, having high blood pressure, lack of exercise, those increase your mortality mm-hmm. or decrease it yep. um, rather. So social isolation has been one of those factors that they've put in line with all of those chronic um, conditions. It's a big one. It's a big one. So I think that people um, you know, out there listening should um, you know, look at their, their families, look at their loved ones, and just that is a huge factor, social isolation. Um, the study by the ARP said that 17% of all Americans over the age of 65 are at risk for social isolation. And they even took that a bit further, and they looked at um, 65 and older receiving the Medicare, Mm -hmm. and $6.7 billion is spent just on Medicare alone, and adults age 65 and older, 14% were socially isolated. Mm -hmm. So they looked at the whole thing and then they looked at people just on um, Medicare. So not only does it cause you to lose your life sooner, Mm -hmm. it costs us more money. Right. Yeah. Because we're not providing um, resources for these people Mm -hmm. to become active and social again. So let's talk about what we can do. So we know this is a big problem. We know that an organization like yours can help. But what can a family member do who's listening today to help help combat the social isolation that their loved one might be experiencing? So one of the first things they can do is talk to their their neighbors. Mm-hmm. So if they're not seeing their family on a routine basis, but they have church members or neighbors that um, are interactive with their with their parent is if they notice changes. Mm -hmm. Do they notice that they're not coming to bridge once a week like they used to? Are they not going to church Mm -hmm. like they used to? um, To alert them that this is happening. Um, So that's number one, is to sort of investigate what is happening. What is the frequency? And I think based off of my experience over the years, one of the things that happens with this is that the senior stops coming out, which then the neighbors notice. But then a lot of times, if there is a chronic illness or a disease component as to what's going on, people really don't know how to respond. They don't know how to interact with that individual anymore. So I think a piece of this also is, you know, if you have your loved one who has isolated themselves, and they used to have a little knit group of folks, they're scared to death. Not that they're going to catch it from that person, but looking into the sort of the crystal ball, is this going to be me in the future? So people are often, a lot of times, uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable with, you know, topics like death and dying, and they're uncomfortable with dementia and Alzheimer's, and sometimes, you know, seeing this person in a wheelchair who used to be mobile. So a part of that, I think, also would be, as a family member, trying to educate the folks around so that they feel like they have the tools to have a better engagement with that individual. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even something as simple as, Giving that individual purpose, mm-hmm. you know, that individual that's socially isolated, well, what, what can you do to give them purpose? Mm-hmm. 
stop by and give them a plant. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking of you today. Give them something to take care of so that they feel like they have purpose. Um, just checking in on them, you know, a phone call. How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't give up on them. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on asking them to do things because they know that they're socially isolated. They know that they have they have kind of um, gone into a shell and they need some encouragement. They need encouragement that life isn't over because you've got a chronic condition or because you're in a walker or because you have cognitive decline. Like those things are all scary, mm-hmm. but you you need to continue to encourage them. Um, so social isolation is just not the answer and we need to do our part in helping them. Well, I'm putting my social worker hat on. Um, part of giving them purpose back is also taking the time to remember the things that they used to enjoy doing, not just putting your hobby onto them. Because if somebody handed me a plant, sorry, I don't really like gardening. That wouldn't mean much to me. But if somebody started thinking about some of the things that I enjoyed and then thought through a little bit, and that's why working with an agency like yours, I think, is paramount. You know, you could work with that family to talk about, well, how can we adapt that to what their ability levels are now so that they can have success? Because part of the isolation component is is losing control and feeling like you can't succeed at something you used to enjoy. Yes. And that is it's helplessness, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just, you know, I I'm nobody anymore. Mm-hmm. That's often what I hear. I'm all clients. used up. Yep, yep. I'm all used up. I'm not good for anything anymore. And part of our job mm-hmm. and part of what I do when I go out and assess clients is I I delve really deep into what were your hobbies, what are your interests, what are your um, talents, what 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 is the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. And often you're right. They yep. don't do them any longer. Mm-hmm. So we, our job as caregivers is to make that happen again. And, yep. and whatever um, facet that, that that can be, it may not be exactly what it used to be, but just to bring a hint of it back mm-hmm. and, and, and see that smile and that enjoyment for them mm-hmm. is huge. Well, and as we get older, we become the sum of our diseases now. Yes. And people don't pay attention to who we are. And so that's a really big problem. So real quick here, as we're wrapping up, um, talk to us a little bit about how you pay for your type of service and how people can reach you. So we are private pay, mm-hmm. um, just as most home care agencies out there. Um, that's that's the majority of our clients. But long-term care insurance is something else that we accept. Okay. So and we, we will process that paperwork for clients. Um, okay. You can reach us um, on our website, which is inhomecarenc.com and you can also call us 919-761-5346 again inhomecarenc.com or call us at 919-761-5346 and we do um, free assessments there's no obligation to come out and have a conversation and just to see if we're a good fit for your loved one Thank you. Kathy U. Vegas gave out that website and a phone number like a broadcast <laughs> in homecarenc.com and also 919-761-5346. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us this evening. Nicole, we're just about out of time here, but we want to remind everyone that uh, there's more caregiver summits on the way and there's yeah. a, a chance for folks to register. Yeah, we're, we are bookending October. The first and last Tuesday of October are our final two caregiver summits for the year. Uh, the one on October 2nd is uh, in Harnett County at Campbell University and then we also have one on October 30th at the McKimmon Conference Center in Raleigh. Encourage folks, registration is open now that you go ahead and register. Full day event uh, with a, a whole bunch of breakout sessions 
friends, resources, lunch, entertainment, relaxation, truly a day to connect with other people who are sharing your journey and to really become educated and feel like you understand how to care for your loved one even better when you walk out. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, and you can go to caregiversummit.org. You can also head over to WPTF.com. We've got a link there if you head over to the Aging Matters section. And you can also find this episode as well as all the other episodes that we've done if you want to catch up and learn everything that you would like to about caregiving. We've got plenty of episodes for folks to dive into and check out. I want to thank our guests again this evening, Kathy Uvegas and Ken Helmuth, both with uh, Seniors Helping Seniors and Ken with Right at Home, In-Home Care and assistance. And again, you can find more information about them at WPTF.com in the Aging Matters section. We'll have another great list of guests next week. And in the meantime, I'm going to practice saying social isolation. There'll be a test next week. There will be. be. And I'll be ready for it. I'm going to be practicing all week. Well, on behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I am Jason Kahn. I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. We'll hope you do it again next week. This has been Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.